Hi, everyone, and welcome to the ADHD Unmasked podcast. I'm your host, Shanetta Trundle. In this episode, we speak with Deshaun, a finance professional who just discovered earlier this year that he has ADHD. We talked to Deshaun about how his ADHD diagnosis has affected his work, his work life, his home life, his family life, and we explore some dynamics that might have prevented him from being diagnosed at a younger age. This is a good one, y'all. Let's get into this episode. Welcome, Deshaun, uh, to ADHD Unmasked. Thank you so much for participating and being a part of this. Um, And just tell everyone about yourself. I know you gave me a quick about what you do, but like, where do you live? When did you get diagnosed? And yeah. What do you do for a living? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, honestly, like just some of the articles I've been reading from you have been amazing. Um, I've recently been diagnosed, so um, just getting all that information, um, the different perspectives from male versus women, uh, that has been awesome to see. And so uh, I've really been treating your articles as a resource, so appreciate that. Um, so for me, uh, my name is Deshaun Taylor. Um, I am currently living in Bloomington, Minnesota. So me and my wife, um, we actually just got married last year. So uh, last September, so our anniversary <laughs> yeah, is coming up. Um, so real quick, I just blocked out where Deshaun works. Worked there for about four years so far. Uh, I've been primarily in most of my career, been in finance uh, just recently. So in this new role, uh, I'm kind of in, let's say, financial planning and operations, I'll call it, um, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as a seen a merch planner covering uh, some of our food and bev uh, divisions or departments. Uh, but yeah, I've been in Bloomington for about two years. Um, you know, me and my wife, uh, we met uh, kind of random circumstances through friends in college and um, you know, I've been in Minnesota for about seven years or so. Uh, so we've really enjoyed it, uh, but I'm primarily from um, kind of all over. I, say a military brat, if anyone kind of knows what that is, but um, mm-hmm. I was born in Germany, moved to Kansas, moved back to Germany, and then finally landed back um, in the Midwest, in the, uh, Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, um, and was mm-hmm. pretty much there since like middle school to like high school. So kind of been all over, um, you know, got a family that's pretty much all over too. Mom's side of the family, South Carolina, like Sumter, mm-hmm. like you know, <laughs> very small town outside of Columbia. And then um, dad's side is for the most part from Missouri, like Joplin, Missouri, Lee Summit, um, Kansas City, uh, Missouri, but he's currently living, uh, retired now, living out in uh, Texas. Uh, a lot of veteran benefits out there in Texas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, twin, so, what, what oh, yeah, yeah, let me back up. <laughs> what branch of the military is your daddy in? Yeah, Army, uh, whole family's pretty much Army. So uh, yeah, it's been um, pretty much, just living that life, like living on military bases. Um, even over the summers uh, when I was in high school, I would uh, go work uh, on a military base, Fort Leonard Wood over in Missouri um, for a couple of years. So yeah, you know, <laughs> it's been fun. So I got to experience the life a little bit, be a part of it, but then also just, uh, yeah, just family has pretty much all been military. Uh, since then, uh, mom's taught, you know, she's got a degree in teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad, for the most part, was always in the military. Um, like I said, retired now. Uh, but siblings, I have a 
brother, twin brother, paternal. Uh, he is uh, out in uh, Oahu right now. Um, he is working kind of on an organic farm. Um, he's got his culinary arts degree, so he's doing that. Mm -hmm. Sister, uh, she is about one year younger than us. Uh, she is currently still in Iowa, Iowa State University is where she's working at, with her equity compliance office. Um, and then mom, she is uh, out in um, Big Island. Yeah, Big Island, Hawaii. So no oh, one, fortunately, you know. All over. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it is, you know, like just constantly moving around, so. Um, but yeah, she's out there teaching um, a little more rural school, um, so kind of similar to Iowa, but uh, she uh, she's really loved it and really enjoyed it. Um, but it's definitely been a, a bit of a culture shock, but in a good way, for sure. Wow. So that's me. That is so interesting. I'm just thinking like with me and my siblings, like we've, I thought we lived all over. <laughs> but <laughs> my um, two of my sisters live in Atlanta and then my sister lives okay. We, and then we live out here in Minnesota, but oh my, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how do you all get together? Oh, I know. You, like, it's I guess tough. we just Zoom, but I we also probably are used to it because, you know, being in the military, so. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So what, let's start with the first question. So we talked about your career. So at what age so you said you were recently diagnosed so was it this year was it last year also how old are you because i feel like that's <laughs> yeah. pretty important too to um just with the adhd diagnosis yeah 30 years old um so I just turned 30 june 4th of this year um okay, so you are gemini. <laughs> also gemini yep twin gemini you know it all works out um, <laughs> and then uh the diagnosis was uh, you know that's what my mom said too. <laughs> She's yeah. like, "Call Gemini in your twin." Um, but yeah, uh, diagnosed technically, I think it was May, May eleventh, May twelfth of this year. So really, really recent. Um, honestly, it just came from a couple of just random moments, you know, in my life where you know I just recently started to study for um, a pretty big test, right? I studied for the GMAT. Just want to go back to school, get my MBA. Um, and as I was doing that, I was doing these prep courses, I'm doing the work. I'm like, man, why is this so hard? <laughs> you know, like not hard in the sense that, yes, I know it's going to take some time to learn, but I was just feeling frustrated, like frustrated mm -hmm. that it just, I felt like I was going to get the answers right in a class or in a class mm -hmm. setting and, and being pretty involved in that. But then when I go to take, you know, practice exams or tests, it's just not clicking. And you're just like kind of wondering why it feels like you're just kind of feeling behind. Um, okay. So I started just doing some readings. Um, also, I was in therapy and I started doing therapy about a year and a half ago. Uh, again, as I was about to, you know, step into marriage, right? I wanted to make sure I was aware of, you know, just any things that, you know, I wasn't conscious of, right? So generational mm -hmm. curses, um, just family history, um, mm -hmm. who I am, right? So like a lot of that spurred uh, me kind of just asking bigger questions. Um, and then one of those questions was, why is this so hard? <laughs> and so um, I actually remembered a moment where I was uh, in therapy for a couple couple sessions, like six sessions or so, like maybe, you know, five years ago, something like that. I had just kind of started my career, but I was also feeling these types of feelings, right, at work. Um, mm -hmm. And it was kind of leading to depression, anxiety, and imposter syndrome. So I'm going to the therapist and talking to him um and we're about to finish up our last session and he just kind of says hey you know have you ever been diagnosed with adhd or have you like been tested for adhd mm -hmm. I said no and then that was it 
<laughs> no follow-ups. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing. So I just kind of had that in the back of my head too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, never really pursued it because ADHD. Make <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a full suggestion outside of just saying like, oh, okay, well, let's think about this next step. He just was just curious and then just wrote it off. Just threw it out there. Uh, but yeah, no follow-ups, nothing. Um, I felt like I had gotten, you know, my answers on things we had talked about outside of that. So mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was fine. You know, I just thought it was just something weird that he threw out there. Um, mm -hmm. But right, lo and behold, you know, uh, my sister, she gets diagnosed um, about a year from today or something around that time where she got diagnosed. And I started to ask myself, you know, well, what does that mean for me, right? Is this genetic, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as I'm doing this family tree work, I'm trying to learn more about my family, just want to be more aware of anything medical that could pop up. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them. So learning that that's like a 50%, you know, likelihood that I will mm -hmm. also have ADHD definitely made me, you know, go get tested. So. And that's awesome though, too. What, so then I'm like, so then what made her get tested then? Like, you know, like what were, besides things being so like, you know, oh, this is hard. Do you now look back in your childhood and kind of see the signs that maybe you had ADHD? Because to me, like it's another reason why I was shocked that you were a guy and you got diagnosed so late. It sound, it's like, well, guys are always usually diagnosed as kids. They're usually uh -huh. very anxious or it's usually that like outward um, ADHD. Like typically you can't sit still, those things like, like things like that. So I'm just curious. Um, I feel like you are more of a rarity than a commonality, you know? So, yeah. I mean, when I looked at it, um, I also found that being black, a male, and living in the Midwest, we do know that there are um, lower diagnoses in the black community, but mm -hmm. also in the Midwest as well, when there's less doctors that look like me, there's less like attention towards mm -hmm. individuals that look like me. It just wasn't a priority. Um, so I think there were classes I was in. I just didn't really know why, like study skills. I'm like, okay, what's that for? Not sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on the weekends, taking time to like do random, you know, math problems, right? Like, I feel like I was somewhat aware, but also mm -hmm. nothing was directly told to me, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's the difference maker. Because um, an incident happened recently where I was at a wedding and and around a group of people, a lot of them were white, males and women. Um, but these are all friends that are either gone to do their, you know, engineering degrees, they're either gone to go, you know, become accountants and and whatnot. Um, and as we're just talking about my recent diagnosis, they're all sharing how they were diagnosed high school, early college, you know, mm -hmm. even elementary or middle school. And again, you're thinking about, well, dang, where was I? Where, where was my diagnosis? Where was mm -hmm. um the attention that I was looking for needing um, related to this disorder. And because they were able to get that addressed earlier, you know, it, it just makes you kind of think about what if, right? What if, what if, what if? Um, but yeah, it's just a lower rate of diagnoses. I also feel like when, like, I think my sister's husband, he was diagnosed when he was young, but there was such a resistance within black communities as well. They're like, oh, they just trying to medicate our kids. You sure. know, like, so there is like, there was this huge resistance to the idea of ADHD. And now 
I'll speak for black women, including my mother, it's like all these women postmenopausal or after we have babies, whatever, are getting diagnosed, but we were so resistant to the idea that we didn't want medication. And people still also refuse to take medication because mm-hmm. they still don't, even though they like, okay, I can agree to that this is what my diagnosis is, but I still don't want to be medicated because I don't trust y'all. So there's also, I feel like there is like that definitely under diagnosis, but then there's also that mistrust in the medical field and yeah. like, you know, people, if you acted any any way out of the norm, you know, you were prescribed Ritalin, you know, so especially like millennials. So mm-hmm. I think it's probably definitely uh, probably a combination of both. But yeah, I always feel, I guess my question to you too is, do you ever mourn that those like what ifs? Because I know like when I look back to fashion school, it would have been so much easier had yeah. I, you know, had some sort of like diagnosis, anything, because like I made I made it through with like you know by the skin of my teeth and by like showing my passion and like just sheer drive, you know. Right. But had I had medication, it would have been I would have had a different career, you know. So anyway, just curious no. to you more right. any of that. I have, you know, um, I didn't even want to be diagnosed, to be honest. Like when I found out my sister had it and I learned about the statistics, right? My whole job is math. I just thought, damn, right? Like that is going to be upsetting for me to be a 30 year old male that knows, right? Like there's almost this 10 year lag in terms of, I don't want to say emotional maturity or even just like the potential that was there was something I had heard my whole life. It was always potential, potential, potential. And then to realize why that, that made me sad. It made me upset. It made me think that time was just wasted. But at the end of the day, right? Like, you know, for me, I am a non-denominational Christian. Like I do believe God uses suffering and trials and tribulations to teach us to give us perspective, right? I don't know why, you know, I wasn't diagnosed earlier. I don't know why it was overlooked, whatever, but I do know I did exactly what you did. I I leaned on my grit. I leaned on my perseverance. And it was something that my whole family also had been doing their whole lives, right? Here, my dad was the hardest worker on, you know, whatever military base, and that was a known thing. You'd think, okay, well, why, right? <laughs> and then it leads you down to this road. And maybe, right, maybe he had ADHD. And then as you kind of start to unravel his family history and learn about his father and multiple jobs, couldn't hold him Mm -hmm. down, whatever, but things that were more labor intensive, things that were, you know, quick feedback and repetition, those things he was good Mm -hmm. at, driving trucks, done, right? And then you start to see a trend of that happening in your family of truck drivers or people that are, you know, working with their hands and, you know, even seeing some of my parents, that had some extreme, you know, emotional regularity, right? Mm-hmm. You want to associate that with the military, with war, with whatever. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it did make me think, wow, there's this giant thread I need to just continue to pull on and unravel. Um, mm-hmm. And that gave me comfort because it was just knowing and trying to put a reason behind that feeling of why I had potential, but didn't really understand mm-hmm. you know, how to step into it. But then go forward it's been completely different, right? Something for me, I've always been, you know, 
kind of dealing with some type of mental health, right? It was either anxiety or depression, which mm-hmm. basically there's a high correlation to ADHD that causes yeah. those. Because you, you can't meet these expectations and yep. you anxious. Like I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking like, usually when I go into a job, I'm like, when will they figure it out? Mm-hmm. I had my you know diagnosis, but like, when will they figure out that I am like not going to meet the expectations? I'm going to, you know, disappoint people or I'm not as great as they think I am. Like that's always been and everything. But like in the back of my mind, I'm like they, eventually they're going to find out. They're going to find out. They're going to find out. And now I know what it is that they're, they found out. But it also I feel like the diagnosis also made me more gentle on myself. Mm, because yeah. it can be so frustrating, like you said, to hear that, like you have potential, you have potential, or you have such good ideas, or you know, you're such a big picture thinker. That's that used to always be my thing. Um, and I am, you know, like I'm I can I always say I'm an ideas man, but mm, yeah, it's like when you can't execute those ideas or you can only execute them so far, then you feel like, oh no, like I don't know, you feel a bit like a fraud. That's that was something that I've been um, kind of dealing with. But mm. one thing I will say is numbers and analytics is really good for ADHD. So it makes sense that you kind of went into the field that you went into. I don't know if like patterns are really interesting to me. Yeah, well, love patterns. Same. And so that's why I love trend in fashion because it's like you can see that all these factors in the world feed into fashion and like people don't always see that as a connecting force but yeah it just it all makes sense so anyway and that's been the hardest part and i think for this job is right like you see pa- patterns is actually the whole point right like is to understand trends is to you know forecast appropriately but i can do all that work but if you can't communicate it or if you can't execute on that new idea you got or you know that's just not the whole package, right? And that is the executive functioning part of this, right? So something that I've also had to deal with is yes, right? Being kinder to myself, telling that story again, right? Like, was it really like you just didn't care or was it something else? I had heard I was nonchalant my whole life. Nonchalant, don't care, don't don't matter. Aloof, aloof, aloof. aloof. All of it, all of it, right? And that's something you don't associate with ADHD necessarily because you think, anger, rage, emotional irregularity, which don't get me wrong, that is very present in my family, but that's just not how I presented it. Um, And so to hear those things as a kid, and then as you get older and you kind of, no, 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 I wanna say no drama Obama kind of like vibe, right? Um, It just felt like I was being told who I was because I wasn't validating myself, right? And I had mentors tell me, right? Like, if you don't do that, they will do it on your behalf. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just had to choose me. I had to start believing in myself. I had to, um, yeah, just kind of wake up um, and realize I can write my own story mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whatever difficulties or whatever diagnoses I have. I have a question though. So you said you have trouble communicating. Mm-hmm. So what does your communication style look like now that you have your diagnosis? Are you getting accommodations? And how has that 
filtered or fixed your communicate not fixed because i hate that but you know like how has that adjusted right yeah yeah just your communication style i think realizing like what i love to talk about versus what i know that i struggle to communicate outwards right because if i'm giving you numbers i will give you all of them <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm gonna send you this very long email very detailed but now that I've become more aware of that, right, and, and I can have that conversation with a manager or have that conversation with, you know, a peer that needs this, right, they start to kind of think through, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And so how can I be more concise? I think one thing that I'm still trying to work on, right, rel relatively new um, diagnosis, I've got ADHD coach, and so I'm looking for resources like books and and worksheets and I will take anything and everything, right? And I and I, I love the learning aspect of, of ADHD, right? I feel like it's something where you can be incredibly good at something. You mm -hmm. just you just kind of get lost in what that is. And so you just maybe just don't try, right? But once you figure out what is something that you really love and really you're really good at, I feel like I just dive all the way in. So mm -hmm. that's something that I'm I'm learning and getting more resources on. But um yeah, the the challenge I'm trying to do right now, at least, is kind of tweet, right? Like, mm -hmm. you get 280 characters or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. You can send a message or an email or whatever, but you got to keep it within a certain threshold. Not certain over explaining, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, feel like mm -hmm. I I feel like I definitely do either or. I have a he he is a mentor. He works. I love this man down, but he is a talker, and he is so amazing and so full of knowledge and just amazing to talk with but like one day we met in person because he was out in austin and we spent three hours talking and yeah. because i also have adhd and i'm like this is my special interest right now and so i just like i got lost in it and i couldn't really put a stop to it and that's like, yeah. like that's always my my issue as well like i don't know when to stop like that's like my biggest thing like i feel like it becomes like a perfectionist thing, but it also, if I'm having fun, I'm having fun. So it's hard to yeah. stop my brain from doing certain things, but it's just, it's very interesting how, oh, you know what else, sorry. <laughs> the ADHD coach. So how did you get an ADHD coach? Was that one of your accommodations or was that something you sought out for yourself? Sought out for myself. Um, I haven't had any actual accommodations from work yet. I think it's just still so fresh, right? Um, but mm -hmm. one thing that I am, trying to do is have conversations with management about hey like this is something i just found out about who should i talk to what resources should i go you know look into or dig into um but for now a lot of it's just been self self-driven right just finding my own uh, mm -hmm. insurance provides that which is nice um Dope. i did get an adhd coach as an accommodation and she really like i don't know she opened my mind to how i think because I'm a very visual person and mm -hmm. I didn't realize that everything has to be visualized. Like I knew it, but I didn't know it. And then that also helped in my communication, like literally showing pictures so that people can understand like step by step, this is what happened and this is what I'm thinking. So anyway, um, I'm just curious about, so how often do you meet with your ADHD coach? Is it once a month? Is it every few weeks? Is it once a week? Yeah, we've been doing like once a month so far. Um, it's pretty inaugural still. So, you know, we have only had a couple sessions. Um, but something I just asked recently for was, you know, again, resources, articles, books. Um, and I will just jump right into those. I usually prefer audiobooks. Um, but uh, 
worksheets. Those are also some things I'm looking into and, and trying to learn more about. Um, you know, a lot of the questions I started asking myself about ADHD um, spurred around some of my um, my wife's uh, um, graduate friends. Uh, so mm-hmm. as you know, she's studying, and and I'm you know in the coffee shop studying too. There was um, um, one of her friends who had ADHD, uh, and so she had already been diagnosed, was already getting the resources she needed. Um, but it was interesting to have these conversations, and you're sort of like seeing things, and you're like oh, like I do that or, oh, that's interesting. Like that was how everybody does it. Like that's the worst thing. Everybody talks like every, like, no, everybody does it. (laughs) Like, And you see the difference. It is very clear. And you're just like, well, I talk like that. I over explain. I go into too much detail. I I will have a four hour meeting and not know what happened. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. But so she showed me the Pomodoro method um, and some other. Yeah. Pomodoro. Yeah. So just, trying what works right um for me it wasn't so bad that i you know couldn't you know get out of bed or i had to um kind of i couldn't start my day i know that for some people it is that bad right but Mm -hmm. for me it was more um the perfectionist trap right um or over explaining um too much detail uh definitely impulsivity right i was a kid that was raising his hand first all the time i was the kid that was you know, talking over people, especially in, you know, the world we live in now with Zoom, right? Like that, mm-hmm. I started annoying people. <laughs> yes. um, and I now just started to realize, oh, that is really annoying. I just didn't realize I was doing it. Yeah, I think I, I had to work with one coworker who she was, she was diagnosed as dyslexic, like from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, we used to work together, and she told me after I got diagnosed, she was like, I thought you had it, but I didn't know how to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I, was like, I think you have it <laughs> because like, but like I would watch her behavior and I could see how it would annoy other people. And I would try to like purposely stop myself or um, in like the fashion world. Okay. So they like things edited down. That was mm-hmm. always one of my critiques. Like it's not edited enough. And so this same person, she also would do the same thing. We're like, well, if you aren't telling the full story, then you aren't understanding what is going to be on the floor. You know, I can show you what the ideas are for or the top three ideas for the season, but you're not going to get a full picture. And so it was like one of my last meetings and I wanted to do this full picture display. And my senior designer, he had like like pared my like my display down a ton but she still had this huge display and to me I liked her display I'm like it tells a full picture it's clear and then she got all this negative feedback about it mm-hmm. not down and it was like oh <laughs> like it's like to me it was just like well I like but then I'm like also I I still think her way or my way is a little bit more right however what people want in those moments is just like what's what's your top three ideas yeah. And that's something that I feel like may it's like it's it's definitely a learning thing. It's definitely something that has been re- been reiterated to me in so many different ways, but also by like watching other people. It's like, mm. oh, I get it. Like I don't get it when I'm doing it, but I get it when I see somebody else doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where my wife has has been helpful in, you know, when I was not aware, right? <laughs> I think. I was just that was just who I was, right? But then now you have this new person, right? This this person that is aware, is getting the resources you know he needs, and now it's oh we can talk about 
the things that weren't working for her or for me because mm -hmm. they were bothering her. Or, you know, like, I think one of the biggest things for me was like talking, you know, in a separate room, right? And like moving around constantly and being able to talk. She might be sitting on the couch and I'm just moving around all the time talking and, and acting like that's like an actual conversation when in reality it's like, no, like being present, right? Being present, focusing on the person, you know, seeing their words, seeing their mouth, right? Like all those things are um, actually respect in a way. Um, and it's just how we communicate in this society, right? So yeah, sure, neurodivergence or ADHD folks, right? Mm -hmm. They might talk or act or whatever in a certain way, but you know, at the end of the day, it's how am I coming off to that person? How does this person mm -hmm. feel about, you know, what I just told them, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like if you're communicating something and they're just, it's just not resonating, then that's the, that's what you just need to work on and talk about. You know what I'm thinking as you, I'm thinking about when you said your communication with your wife is they can be doing something with my husband because I'm like, I always go say, I'm like, I told you this before. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. He's like, you didn't, you didn't make sure I was paying attention. Like that's been, we've been together for 14 years and that's been a big conversation over and over again. And I'm like, but I said it, you know, but I didn't even think about it. Like how, until you just said this, how am I communicating this? Like, I'm not making sure that he is paying attention to me, but I'm like, I'm speaking. But then sometimes I'm randomly saying things that are just popping up in my head. So how do you know when to pay attention and when not to pay attention? Um, because I feel like when I usually when we talk about ADHD and mass, like in this this realm, it's all about work. But interpersonal relationships is extremely important, especially like oh, yeah. how you relate to your partner or um, how you relate to children. Like that's then like my like thing. I'm starting to see my son he responds to me and he works with me, which then I feel guilty about like him having the burden of like being like, okay, mommy doesn't remember this. And so I have to step in and, you know, or he's checking in on my emotional well being, And then I'm hmm. like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I would say in that regard, right. Like, you know, you talked about being kinder to yourself. Hmm. I think, I think that's been the struggle in this new diagnosis is like, I am, you know, what is associated with ADHD, right? Versus what is something that just happens, right? In my life, um, you know, coincidentally, right? Like I had a pretty big breakthrough in my therapy sessions, right? Around the time I was diagnosed. And so it made me wonder like, what's true, right? Like, is it me being diagnosed and the resources I need, or is it, you know, this breakthrough in therapy, right? Accepting myself, being kind to myself, you know, living with grace, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know which one is, you know, the bigger impact, but mm -hmm. I do know the perspective change is mm -hmm. huge, right? And so if you're saying, you know, your son's checking in on you and you're, you know, your husband's worried, you know, you're not remembering things, finding a way to like make it work for everybody, that yeah. was the that was key. Like yeah. Now that I was aware, right, having a conversation with my wife on like things that I thought were okay or things that maybe I wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, you know, actually now that now that you're here, right? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like maybe we want to write down our things on the calendar, right? Um that so we're all aware. And so mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's something that um it's just something that I need to be doing. It's something that works for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um 
and that makes it easier makes it more fair is what it feels like yeah mm -hmm. cool all right um i'm gonna get back in questions um and so i feel like we've kind of touched this but does it does your adhd diagnosis affect your work-life balance or yeah. maybe like how did your adhd prior to diagnosis affect your work-life balance and now now that you know hmm. yeah time blindness that was huge um it's still something i'm working on but hmm. the feeling that i had all the time in the world um that showed up in my personal life and my work life personal life i was the friend that was always late <laughs> and i'm talking about an hour or two late uh mm -hmm. even if it was something i'm really excited about right we're going to a vikings game <laughs> you know we're gonna help you know have a good time free game whatever um mm -hmm. and i'm like nah two two hours late and it's just why right and and it was okay with me right now now right with the diagnosis i'm oh that wasn't okay that wasn't cool i wasn't respecting that person's time but mm -hmm. for me i personally wasn't aware of that time um that's yeah. the whole part of the time blindness right um and for work uh i was thinking i had enough time to do some pretty big projects right so procrastination um mm -hmm. i didn't realize it, it's not that i didn't want to do it it was just that i felt like i didn't have enough time to do it um the reason mm -hmm. i felt like i didn't have enough time to do something because in my head, right, like I had all these projects, all these things I get, need to get done, not, you know, written down, but like not prioritized, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it might be, oh, I can do this real quick, so I'm going to knock that out. Or this person's paying me, let me just see what they're talking about, right? Instead of blocking and protecting my time, right? Because if I was aware of my time, I would be trying to protect it or work earlier or, you know, work ahead or whatever. But no, <laughs> instead, I was, you know, working weekends, working holidays, um, using the time that was really my time, right? Not my my work's time uh, to do all the work that I needed to get done. Um, it looks like me maybe not eating, right? Lunch or, you know, dinner or whatever, just kind of working through that. Um, you know, vacations, either leaving early or trying to find a reason or excuse to say, hey, well, I got to get this thing done real quick. You know, while I'm mm -hmm. on vacation and the conversations you would, you know, I would have with my wife before or at the time, you know, my fiance, before we go on this trip, before we go on this, you know, mm -hmm. I just want to let you know, are we bringing stuff or not bringing laptops? Or what, what are we mm -hmm. doing? Or like really bringing a laptop? Yeah. 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 And I remember even thinking like maybe the week before the wedding, just thinking how work was getting in the way of that mm -hmm. and you when you get to that level of time blindness and there's no one else no one there to wake you up and say yo like what's important mm -hmm. that's tough and it's mm -hmm. and it's i'm just i'm i'm appreciative you know praise god that i was able to get the diagnosis i need um and uh just become aware yeah i mean you're, but I don't know. It was like it definitely feels like you're preaching to the choir. Like I mean, with like the forgetting to eat. Like I didn't realize that was an issue until we started working from home. Yeah. Like, in 2020, and then I really did, still didn't notice. Like when I started at Target, people were like, "Why you eat so late?" And I was like, "I don't know." But then you get with people, and then you start eating earlier or whatever, and you just go with the schedule. But then when I started working from home, and I got pregnant with my second son. 
that's when I was like, I would get physically sick because I just mm-hmm. didn't eat throughout the day. And so that is like the time blindness can be crippling in some ways too. It's like, I haven't moved from this spot for eight hours. Yeah. You know? And like, it, it can be an awesome trait being able to hyper-focus like that, but it's also like debilitating in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. So another question I want to ask you is, well, I feel like you are saying you have the support that you need to manage your ADHD. So what do you like about your ADHD brain? Mm, what do I like? Um, I am a very curious individual. I don't know if that's just my nature, right? Or if that's something that associated with just ADHD, but I have always asked a ton of questions, always wanted to know why, why, why. That was just my favorite word. Parents will always even say this too to this day. Um, but I like that. I like that I'm a curious individual. Um, I like that um, I just follow follow the questions, right? Like it might lead to another question. It might, that question might lead to another person. It's just like trying to figure things out and have a reason for why something works. That has been my probably my biggest strength um honestly uh, even both professional and personal right like personal world you know if you're looking down you're sad you're not really feeling you know like it's a it's a good day you one of my friends i'm gonna ask <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not gonna stray away from that um and i will continue to probably just have that conversation with you um and that might look you know like a little aggressive uh especially you know if they are not really feeling it but uh to me just wanting to understand that was that was my biggest my biggest strength for sure with ADHD now on the flip side right it could also look like a big weakness too because I'm not giving people the space they need potentially right like it can come off as very like you know you're prying a lot (laughs) right um it can also just be, you know, hey, look, we're running out of time. So you're asking all these questions. <laughs> um, so it, it has its strengths and its weaknesses for sure. Um, what would you change about your brain if you could? Hmm. Hmm. Probably wish I was better at mental math. Oh, my gosh. I know I say at that. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. But like that. That was always tough because like it's the visualizing part right like visualizing Mm -hmm. in your head um those floating numbers right those things obviously i can do it it just felt felt like i was like having a harder time than others um and so then i think about like why that mental math part is is hard it's because it's the working memory part of adhd Mm -hmm. right and so it could look like you know I'm buying two pairs of glasses because I'm going to lose one, right? Mm-hmm. I have I bought these glasses two months ago. Mm-hmm. I already lost the second pair. Oh, <laughs> where my glasses are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like no um, all types of just random forgetfulness moments. Um, mm-hmm. And so now, obviously, writing things down, that's been so helpful. Um, mm-hmm. Even when I'm inspired or I have some ideas, write it down. writing it down too right or yeah because i feel like that's to me has been another unlock too is like actually pen to paper is better than just like putting it in your phone yeah yeah i've been doing both for me it's like if i got some ideas or 
you know, some quote or some thoughts come up to my head, I'll, I'll write that down before even dates in the calendars. Like I would just trust myself to remember. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I, I learned to trust, it, you know, myself, but I also realized there were some aspects I could not trust about myself. So I had to find other ways. <laughs> Very fair. Okay. And so in the last question, how would you describe having ADHD to someone who had never heard of it? Like your version of ADHD? Yeah. Hmm. No one, someone that's never heard of ADHD, how do I explain it? It's like, so I'll give you the basis of that question. It's when we as fashion designers learn how to make a tech pack, there's this thing. It's like, if you have to tell somebody, a kindergartner, how to make a peanut butter sandwich, like, you know, like that's how you're supposed yeah. to, tell, you know, tell somebody how to sew this garment. So that's kind of like where I'm coming from with that question. Um, like if somebody is like, because I feel like when you hear ADHD, you think of attention deficit. It just means that you can't pay attention. And that's not really what ADHD is. So that's why I like I worded the question, like, how would you describe your hmm. ADHD? I'd say ADHD is the awareness of how the majority really think act process information um it's it's really lack of awareness of how the majority works right you're not aware that you have adhd and so your brain is a little bit maybe different unique and so you approach things a little bit differently um, than others but to the majority of the population you're not aware of how they prefer to be communicated to you're not aware of right how they prefer your their emails and their um, presentations to look you're unaware of like the respect when it comes to time um, there's just so much that you're not aware of um, but because you're not aware you just kind of go through life questioning what's going on right struggling to understand why you might not fit in why it's harder for you to make retain friends and have friends why it's harder for you to, you know, make those appointments on time. Um, and after you ask those questions to yourself enough, you start to just blame yourself and you start to resent yourself. And then you start to maybe even hate yourself. Um, and until you can become aware, start capturing your thoughts, start to be aware of this disorder, you're just, kind of on autopilot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, like you almost don't, you can't see yourself. Yep. That's like you cannot see what's happening and you just can see other people's reactions to you. Like, okay, well, I didn't see that as a big deal, but you know. Right, um, looking, at, looking at a mirror, but it's just completely foggy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, mm, that's, that's, that's a good quote. <laughs> Drop some what? bars. <laughs> it was, it was bars. Um, no, that's that's a good quote. Looking at a mirror, but it's completely foggy. Yeah, because I'm like, I feel like with, I took a leave of absence back in December, and so I did a ton of like self reflection, and it sounds like you have as well. But mm -hmm. it it is so eye opening because you just in self reflection, it's not just like it's. 
almost like studying yourself. Yeah. You know, like looking at each situation that made you feel uncomfortable or upset or sad or anxious. And then you just look at like, how did this person respond? Or how did I feel in this moment? Or, you know, was I feeling attacked? Um, I know I have um, a lot of issues with, with rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. Mm. So that's like, that's something like I've had to really um, work on is like not taking things personally, but how can you not take things personally when you are already hypersensitive? So it's, you know, it becomes a lot, but, um, mm. but yeah, I, I think that's such a really good way of looking at things like a mirror, but it's foggy. I love it. Yeah. Um, one more thing that I want to ask you, which I have not asked anybody and I don't want to, like, I know you have hard stop. How are you living unmasked? Like now that you have your diagnosis, what how are you showing up in the world with your adhd yeah not yeah. just part of it but with it with it um i i think you made a really good point about having to self-reflect how, how to find yourself and kind of learn who you are right um and because i've done that i've done that self-reflection you know, I started to realize like, oh, wow, like I have a unique ability for empathy and sympathy um, just through the perspectives of, you know, my life and the you know places I've been, people I've talked to, things I've seen. And before I didn't think that was a big strength. I didn't think that was like someone's brand, right, was empathy. But um, being able to to communicate, talk to people, see how they live right truly put yourself in their shoes um and get a physical reaction when you do it right Ooh, dang that's tough right physically it's on your face everything realizing like that is something that i have that maybe not everyone does right that makes me start to believe like yo you have this unique skill this ability um how are you leveraging it right like in terms of my faith right you know god gives everyone an ability gives everyone you know something that they're good at but you know, you have this ADHD, this blindness of that, of yourself, right? Then you can't really leverage those gifts and those skills. Um, so today, how I'm living unmasked, showing up authentically, you know, um, not being afraid, right? Imposter syndrome would have told me, hey, you should be afraid of this person, afraid of what this person is going to do, or, you know, maybe, you know, you're not good enough. Maybe you don't belong here, right? All this doubt. And now it's, why not? Right? What if it works out? You know, you start to become an optimist, you start to become someone that believes in themselves. Um, truly. And yeah, you're just not living in fear anymore. That's amazing. I have not come to that level of ADHD awareness, but I am so happy that you have. And again, thank you so much for doing this and being a part of this. And yeah, it was great talking to you and getting your perspective. All right. Thank you so much to our guests for coming in and unmasking with us today. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about ADHD Unmasked, the podcast, as well as the newsletter, please follow us on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. And if you have time, leave us a review. We thank you so much and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.